Welcome to the Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 46, Continuous Improvement at the End of Boring PowerPoint with Betsy Lawson. After barely surviving the 212 mind-numbing PowerPoint presentation, Betsy Lawson vowed to find a better way that would prevent this pain and suffering amongst all humans. So she took her Lean Six Sigma Green Belt ATD training certificate, two experiences at performing stand-up comedy in New York City, and a general lack of fear, and channeled them into the development of lean edutainment for her workplace. Her master's degree from the University of Virginia in urban and environmental planning and extensive experience in affordable housing have nothing to do with her current role of process improvement coach at Augusta Health in Fisherville, Virginia. Betsy Lawson, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Thank you, Bella. It's really fun to have you here today, and I'm very excited about what you're going to talk about. Uh, But first, let's find out who Betsy is. Tell us a little bit about Betsy, what you do now, and how you got to do what you're doing. Well, uh, as of right now, I am a performance improvement coach at Augusta Health in Fishersville, Virginia. Uh, My journey of lean started when I was uh, in New York City working in affordable housing. Uh, we were building a new um, new project management system, and I became part of a team that was developing the user stories, and we were using Agile, and Lean was a part of that. So long, short story short. Wow, wow. So you came in really through, through uh, the, the project management route. So that's interesting. Yeah, right. analyst. Yeah. Cool. So, and you're at Augusta Health now. Yes. So, and you have this passion to prevent boring PowerPoints. So, tell me about how much boring PowerPoint have you seen in your life? Too many, too much. Um, I sat through something incredibly boring on Friday and it it reiterated how important it is to not do that, to not subject people to that. Uh, there's, there's no need, really. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be painful. <laughs> it shouldn't be awful. I feel that everybody has endured boring PowerPoints. And in fact, most of the presentations that they've sat through uh, have probably been less than enthralling, less interesting than their favorite movie. Well, we, you know, we do in, our profession, we use a lot of PowerPoint, um, and especially in training, right? So, so if you, it seems to be the way that we want to get points across. So, what are you doing, Betsy, to um, to improve this? So, this is all about continuous improvement. What are you doing to improve PowerPoint? Well, it started when I was at UVA, uh, the, the job prior to the one I have now. Uh, we were building a racy training. And I was on the team that was tasked with building a story for it and 
um, the animations and the PowerPoint. And we decided to use something that, use names that were familiar. Um, one of the, I think one of the biggest problems with conventional PowerPoints is that when people are using an example, they just make up names. And so in addition to asking people to remember new concepts and new processes, you're also asking them to remember these fake names and relationships that are not really important, uh, that they don't need to remember afterwards. So in order to avoid that, we decided to name the characters something that, oh, I know those characters. I don't have to be like, who, wait, what? Uh, so our main characters uh, were Lucy and Desi and Fred and Ethel. And then also on the, the training team, uh, the, fun, the fun team, we had um, Sally, Jesse, um, Sam and Libby, and then we had a fun trainer named Raphael. So people of a certain generation will instantly know who those people are. And everybody should know who, I, who Lucy and Desi are and Ricky. Yeah, and that's probably cross-cultural too. I think I think I love Lucy, right? Has is probably known pretty much, I would say at least in the Western hemisphere and probably other parts of the world as well. I mean, just just that it's it's so classic. So you said something that I think is really important that had never occurred to me before you said it, Betsy, which is that when you are giving an example, you're really asking people to remember two things. This new information that you're giving them, and you're asking them to remember them, remember the the characters and the plot of this story that you've made up. Or it may even be a story from a previous situation. It may be a real situation, but it's people that they don't know, right? And well, wow, when you said that, I was like, oh my goodness, how many times have I done that in training? I love to use stories and examples in training, but perhaps, you know, in order to preserve people's anonymity or, or something, I don't use real names. I don't use characters that people can identify with. And so that's so true. You're really ask it, asking them to do two things at once, or maybe even three things at once, if you're asking to remember character plot and this thing like a racy that you're teaching them. Wow. So what was the impact when you did that, when you when you named your characters familiar names? It became, well, the, the presentation became our most popular, most requested uh, training. We, wow. we would give it for, you know, our group, you know, our smaller, our larger group that we were part of. And then people would hear about it. We, Get requests from different areas in the school, uh, you know, these different, and I, it was surprising. We're like, okay, and it was it was very popular. And I think one of the, uh, in addition to the chocolate bar that people got at the end of it, that had uh, a racy wrapper on it to help remember, uh, we had a very good um, exercise that people would do, and that was also done with familiar names. Um, and uh, we encourage people to take on those roles and use, you know, use those roles to help fill out the, the racy chart. Well, that's that's amazing. I just can't even imagine people actually requesting racy training. <laughs> I mean, because because usually, you know, you say racy and people go, oh, you know, yeah. So that's that was a huge, a huge triumph. So what did, where did you go from there then? So from there, we decided to redo most of 
actually all of our other trainings, the Lean 101, uh, Lean 102, um, A3, um, trying to, to think of others. And what we did for the Lean 101, and this is another thing that has been very helpful, is that we can give the whole thing in an hour and a half, but that's not a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, so we recorded, we broke them up into micro trainings. So we recorded them into these, these different segments. We would chunk them, um, you know, presenting two or three concepts. And, we, and then if you run it, well, once you record it, then you know how long it is. But if you wanna get an estimate, this is something that's so helpful. Uh, for convincing people that it's not going to be a lot of time. You take what you're going to say, you take your script and you go to scripttimer.com and you paste it in and it'll tell you how long it will be. Three minutes, four minutes. And then you can say, we have a four minute video we'd like you to watch before we get it started with this project. Um, and so they're, they're little, you know, they're very short. So it's, it's not a big time commitment. And hopefully once they watch one, be, oh, this is fun. And watch the others. Wow, you know, and I'm just just I'm thinking about the um, what you said about A3 training. So A3 training, um, you know, it really it is it's character driven, right? When you think about A3s, it you know, there's the coach and there's the learner, right? So you've got you sort of have two characters in there, um, and. I'm just thinking there's so many possibilities that you could do with those relationships, with the relationships that people already understand, um, instead of instead of being, you know, having it being extremely abstract. Because even John Shook's book, you know, you've got to get to learn the characters before you can really understand what's happening in the book which is why I think a lot of people read the book and think it still think it's about just filling out a form instead of that coach learner relationship because of that work you have to do, understanding the characters. This is really cool, Betsy. I mean, I think you've come up with something something really great. So um, really quickly about the A3, you're right about it having to be a story. And so what we did is, I, you know, I racked my brain for weeks about what is a story that everybody knows? You know, we had done a PDCA training and used JAWS for that, uh, which is, pretty universal in terms of movies, but what is a story that everybody knows? And after, and I came to the conclusion that Cinderella, it's been around for over 2000 years. It's been present in one form or another in all, all of the cultures around the world. It's, so it was perfect. And we use the Walt Disney example uh, format for, um, for presenting it. And so that was our character driven story to, you know, that to uh, support the A3. So is it Cinderella's A3? Who, 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 who is the owner of the A3? It's called Cindy's A3, making dreams come true through problem solving. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Wow. I love it. That's that's great. That's great. And tell me a little bit about the PDCA training with Jaws. I mean, what I can remember from Jaws is that's the movie that made me hate swimming in the ocean. And... <laughs> I think we need a bigger boat, which is, you know, definitely a um, the result of a PDCA cycle, right, right there. But but how did you get? How did you align Jaws and PDCA training? Well, we were looking for a story that uh, had a project manager, had a problem, had a problem cycle, and had all these important characters in it. Um, 
and we settled on Ocean's Eleven was a contender, but we decided on Jaws, and it it worked. It worked. Uh, the it, we need a bigger boat. Uh, we use that as an opportunity to talk about metrics. Um, <laughs> and do you have the right shark? You got to measure the bite radius. <laughs> metrics as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that that uh, we managed we managed to really make it come to life. But I can imagine for the training team, right? For the for the you and the folks who are developing the training, that it was also fun. Yes, it's it is so much fun developing these things. It's very it's a chance to be creative in terms of finding the right images, finding the right sounds, um, writing the script. Um, you know, getting all, all the clicks to line up with the different pictures. Um, and that's another thing is that there's a lot of animations in these trainings. Um, this is why I keep using the word script because you click on, when you click on before a certain word, then this image pops up that's directly related to it. And, you know, three words later, you click again and it's a different, and it's a different image. Uh, so that is, you know, that's really the crux of this is we're trying to get people's attention. We're trying to um, engage them in a way that they're engaged when they are listening to their favorite song or watching a movie or watching TikTok. Um, we want to engage them. So the more, the more interesting we can make it, the better chance we have of it going into their long-term memory and uh -huh. part of deep processing. And a big part of that is if they can relate to it, if they can make it personal. So if I'm showing an image that they know, if I'm talking about a storage that they know, then it's personal and they have a much better chance of being able to recall that information later on. And that's what it's all about is we're trying to teach people and get them to remember it and use it. And so what do we have to do to do that? And that's where this, this edutainment concept comes in. I didn't make that word up. Um, it's, it's an actual thing. It's used primarily in primary education. Um, and you have to have no shame also in order to do this. Um, you have to have no shame? No shame. It's very important. You, you have to just do whatever it takes. It's not illegal or immoral to get people's attention and to teach these concepts. Uh, the last video I made, my colleague uh, helped me with the lyrics. And we ended up putting Nat King Cole's L-O-V-E song to talk about the eight types of waste. So instead of L, we, you know, the, you know, D is for those airs in, or D is for those darn airs in emails. <laughs> <laughs> and I recorded myself singing this. Um, and it's well, that's, you know, a, not, that, that's a tune, right? That a lot of people yeah. have in their head. You know, maybe the maybe their parents played it, or their grandparents played it, or they hear her on a commercial or something. And the tunes are already in their head. They don't have to learn the tune. Now they're just they're just associating it with some other words. Yes. Very very yeah. cool. And in a way, it's my goal to I don't want to say ruin their current association with or current relationship with something. But yeah, when I when they hear the Beatles, um, you know, it's getting better all the time. I want them to think of continuous improvement. So that I song is on, is on the training playlist that they can access on Spotify or YouTube. Um, and uh, 
we're right now, um, my next goal is to measure how successful we are. And that's something that we haven't been able to do as much as I would like because COVID, um, the focus has been on that, not necessarily getting everybody trained. So. That's, that's great. So tell us about the Spotify playlist, because uh, that's available to everyone, right? If you listen to the podcast, even if you don't listen to the podcast, but you won't know about it if you don't listen to this podcast, uh, Betsy has a training playlist. So tell us about that. There are playlists for each of the trainings that we have. We have a training for Darcy, where we changed the race to Darcy. Um, we have it for Cindy's A3. We have it for Lean 101. And it can be fun to listen to these songs and being like, how does this relate? You know, and then you maybe listen to the song again and you hear that little phrase in the song. You're like, oh, that's where it is. Um, that's, that's great. That's great. So we're going to share at least one of those Spotify playlists in the show notes for this, for this podcast. So check that out. Um, and uh, maybe you can use some of those in, in your own training. That's so cool. Wow, Betsy. So one of the things that strikes me, okay, so you started out in your career as a business analyst doing project management. And now as a lean continuous improvement professional, you are doing all of this creative stuff. Now, were you sort of creative in this way all along, but it was just something you didn't do at work? Or are these skills that you developed as you recognize the need? Um, these a little bit of both. I've always been identified as a creative person, um, as actually a designer, and I never really had a creative job up until recently. Um, you know, I was I was really lucky that uh, one of my former bosses, uh, Olga Olga Kipnis, she recognized that I had this creative streak, and so she put me in these in these these roles or on these projects to where. I had to learn something new. I had to grow as a creative individual. And so then I gained these skills that enabled me to, all right, we're going to make a PowerPoint presentation. We're gonna record it, we're gonna edit it. Uh, I use Camtasia to record and edit. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy software. I tried to learn the Adobe one and that was, that was same. Same. No, no, no disrespect to Adobe, but uh, for those of us who really, you know, need need to drive a Volkswagen, Adobe is pretty much a, you know, a, a high speed Jaguar and we, we yeah. don't need that. Right? Yeah. Camtasia yeah. is, is very helpful. Yes. Yeah. One thing I'd like to mention about um, about these training videos, if you decide to do similar videos, note that in terms of copyright, these videos will never see the light of day. Like I will never see it at a conference uh, because in I, you know, you will never see any of my videos at a conference because Disney is not sponsoring me. Um, so this is something that is for internal use only. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a really important watch out when you are borrowing things um, that are copyrighted by, by other people, make sure that you are following all of your organization's uh, rules for, uh, for fair use of copyright and that you're, you know, that you're not, because um, we don't want to steal, right? Stealing is not, is not what we want to do. But, but um, you know, a story like Cinderella, which you said has been around for, in many cultures for thousands of years, you know, even Disney started with that story, right? They, yes. but then, and they, they took it to another level. 
Yeah. Yeah. So as a creative person, and you have this, you have um, Argo who um, recognize your creativity and, and give you opportunities to develop it. Um, what do you, uh, what would be your advice for organizations that want to, you know, do more of this kind of work, but are kind of looking at perhaps the continuous improvement staff or, you know, the people who are doing doing making the training the training stuff um and and finding that they are people who are not necessarily all that creative yeah well hire creative people hire I mean, creative that's, people that's i mean that's pretty much it and if you hire somebody who is really creative like they have an mfa or they have a background in photography or you know um, art or filmmaking they can create original content that is interesting and fun. And that's when you can present that at a conference too, because that's something that's been created from scratch in-house. Right, um, it's owned, it's owned by, it's by the company. Yeah, so that's interesting as people are thinking about hiring, and I know I think everybody's trying to hire right now, thinking about hiring and you're looking at somebody's CV and you see that what they went to school for is not what they're doing now. Maybe what they went to school for is what you really need. Right. Exactly. That's, you know, don't look at it and say, well, you know, well, they were, you know, they didn't start out as an engineer. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you need that, uh, that arts degree or that creative writing degree. That is that maybe exactly what you need to spur your, uh, your organization forward, it, you know, because it takes all types to make this happen. Betsy, when you and I talked earlier, you told me something that I thought was really cool, was that you've also done stand-up. So tell me about Betsy doing stand-up. Uh, when I was in New York, I, um, I uh, decided that, you know what, I, I can do that. And I use, I use humor to deal with stress, too. You know, I make up little jokes, and then I tell them to the other people and you know, around me who are experiencing a similar situation and it, it helps, it, you know, it diffuses that stress. Um, and if you put those things together, um, you have, you know, you have a skit, you have a, you know, stand-up routine. Uh, with, in New York also, there was so much stimulation, so many interesting things, so many funny and weird things. And being there by myself, I didn't have a lot of people to share them with. So I'd be writing them down. I'd be remembering them and then writing them down later. And then I had a stand-up routine. Um, and it was also, it was, it was encouraging, you know, because I tell, you know, I tell my friends like, oh my gosh, I saw this, you know, and, and they'd start laughing. They say, you should do stand-up. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then one day I'm like, okay. Um, and so I had a lot of material and, uh, it was terrifying. Uh, the first oh time my I, gosh. Terrifying. Yeah. First time actually went really well. I ended up really enjoying myself. Um, the second time it was exactly the opposite. Um, people weren't laughing and it took me about six months to watch the video because when you go to some of these, you, they record, they record you and you can watch it later. And I realized that my jokes had gone exactly the way I had hoped. My jokes were funny, but my audience, I didn't know, I didn't keep in mind the customer, the, the mind of the customer. They were laughing at the dirty jokes. They were laughing at like the, you know, the, the smart, clever jokes. Uh, they were kind of stupid too. 
And so I realized like, it wasn't my jokes. It wasn't my delivery. It was my audience. I just didn't have material that they liked. So the lesson from that is, what is who's your customer? Know your customer. You know, that's the, uh, the lean lesson. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it certainly, I think, must have prepared you then, as you said, for being fearless when you're working on training, right? You've already stood up in front of what might be a hostile audience in New York City doing stand-up. So um, there's no way that uh, some uh, some healthcare providers in a, in a training in Augusta, Georgia are going to do you any damage at all. You've already faced the worst. <laughs> well, as long as I don't throw tomatoes, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them bring tomatoes in the room that's that's one of the basic rules of training wow wow so let's uh i'd love to talk just for a moment about you know you said well, you know we're coming out of covid hopefully we are coming out of covid um so much of of um uh, certainly healthcare organizations have been focused on covid just getting through covid there's been a lot of turnover um a lot of issues with staffing, and now you're saying you're able to get back to training. How are people are people being receptive to the idea of um, improvement um, at this point? Uh, yes, when we are contacted, we're contacted by people who want our help, who want our assistance on a project. Um, it's usually process improvement. Um, sometimes it's something larger. So they're coming to us and they are receptive because they realize that they, they want to make things better. You know, they want things to go as smoothly as possible. And in terms of being receptive, uh, we don't do your typical come to the training and then we'll start this project. Uh, some people are allergic to the word training. They're allergic to the word education. And so we have, I was talking about those micro chunks the concepts mm -hmm. and we use an eight, you know, we use eight threes and um, for the eight three, we chunk that as well. And so I presented as an introduction. I have the agenda and the agenda has an introduction to, the, you know, to the, to the team members, an introduction to the format of an eight three. And I, you know, I, I say it as we need to all be on the same page. We need to all be speaking the same language. And so when I'm, when I'm talking about certain things, I want you to know what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna give this little introduction. It's three minutes long, and then we will get started. And I did that for each section. So they got the entire A3 training through these introductions. Sneaky, huh? They, they were all introductions. <laughs> they, they never had to do the full training. We never used the T word. <laughs> uh-huh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And then, and then, who coaches as A3s? Do, do they coach each other? Do you coach them? Right. So we come in as the facilitator and uh -huh. as, the, as the coach. Um, and we walk them through it. And once everybody knows how to, you know, keep it, everybody on track. And uh, once people know how to do things, it's just a matter of like wind up and watch them go. It's, it's amazing. You know, just see them. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then they have that marvelous moment where they actually see something improve and then they're very excited. So, you, but you're just taking them along in little tiny steps to get to that point. Exactly. Very nice. Very nice. So what's next, Betsy? What do you, what do you think? What are you going to work on next? I am hoping to 
do more projects and to be able to improve, you know, to measure how well people remember these things. Um, so at the end of a project, you know, what I'm planning on doing is giving a little quiz. And Mentimeter is the way to do the quizzes. You do these fun things and you put in silly words. Um, but you want to you want to see how well they remember things, how much well they can recall. Um, yeah, it's right now it's going to be metrics and uh, in terms of what that what everything else looks like next, that is above my pay grade. <laughs> right, right. I'm just thinking, what's next for you in terms of of uh, yeah how yeah. Well, using the Mentimeter, that's something else we can put in the show notes, using Mentimeter for the quizzes would make the quizzes not seem like, oh, gosh, Betsy's giving us a quiz. Right. If you want to quiz them on who are the founders of Lean, put Morimoto in there, you know, the famous sushi chef from New York. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I've actually had people select that. I'm like, okay, let me do this again. Right. Well, that's probably not the most important thing for them to remember out, right. about Lean. I mean, there, there are more important things to remember than who, than who the founders are. But I love that. I love that. And then you could just have this vision of, actually, if you think about it, um, Marimoto is probably runs a very lean kitchen. So maybe they're I right. Most, I imagine most kitchens are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took my team um, to visit uh, a high-end restaurant kitchen once and uh the standard work was astonishing really astonishing really i mean gosh the speed everything was amazing and the food was delicious too yeah it was a it's a good trip yeah yeah wow betsy this is this is this is great um thank you bella so tell me as you are thinking about this and 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 moving moving this forward what would be your vision for how people deliver training in the future my vision for how people deliver training in the future is that there is no more clip art there are no more stock photos i've seen some of the same stock photos in multiple presentations None of that. Um, trainings of the future. <sighs> I wish they would care about the audience enough to make it entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. And when you think about how do, how do we get most of our information today, if I want to learn how to do something, I go to YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And if I look at the, the videos that explain how to do something and they're more than that magic three and a half minutes, I don't pick those ones, right? I pick the ones that are that are short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I can see an organization having a YouTube channel, right? Their own internal YouTube channel. I mean, yep. this is how you, this is how you, I don't know. Um, uh, this is how you discharge a patient, right? You could have that all in. Usually one YouTube video. Usually there's an intranet. Uh, a lot of times it's SharePoint and the videos are just up on there. Um, which, you know, as long as people can get to them. Yep. Know. Yep. And they're accurate and up to date. Yep. Yeah. So cool. That's great. So Betsy, tell me, thinking about your career, where you started and where you are now, 
What would be your piece of advice for a young person starting out in their career? For starting out in your career, get your Lean Six Sigma certification, whether that's a green belt, black belt. If you like math, go for the go for the black belt immediately. Huh? Um, it's you know, it's just more math. Uh, that's you know, that's my biggest biggest piece of advice is get that certification. It'll open more doors. Wow, great advice. And I would guess also use your creative skills. Use use all of your skills, not just the ones that yes. they want you to at work. Yeah, and find a boss like Olga. Yes. <laughs> it's all it's all about the manager. Yeah. Wow. And Betsy, could you just uh, also let us know how can people find you if they want to discuss more about this? They can email me at lawsonbetsy at gmail. L-A-W-S-O-N-B-E-T-S-Y. Okay, that's great. And, and you're on LinkedIn. Yes. And if you are a member of the Women in Lean Hour table, as many of the listeners are, Betsy's a member. So um, you, know, you can check her out there as well. So, and I hope you'll share some of this in, uh, in upcoming Women in Lean events. That would be very, very nice to see. Absolutely. And oh, oh, one thing uh, yeah. I forgot to, and this is like a little one-off, I'm sorry. If you're going to be doing trainings like this and you can't do a story, board associations. You're going to have to do a lot of board associations. Um, if you're teaching the concept of flow, I put up a picture of flow from progressive insurance. And then I put up a picture of peace flowing like a river. And then I introduced and then I gave the definition. So you're going to have to find those, those board associations. It even sounds like, you know, not just uh, double meanings. Yeah, and there's actually there's a there's a uh, neuroscience reason that that works, and that's because as adults, all of our um, memories and learning are basically stored like books on a bookshelf, and we or we we connect things to um, to objects that are already on our mental bookshelves. If you try to teach somebody something that they have no shelf for and no like object, it's very very difficult. Kids can do that. Adults can. So those associations, that's brilliant, Bessie. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. And uh, check out the show notes for the, the Spotify playlist. And um, check out Betsy. Have a conversation with her. Learn something from her. Thank you, Betsy Lawson, for joining me at the Edges of Lean. Thank you, Bella. This is Bella Engelbach, and I'd like to thank Betsy Lawson for being my guest on the Edges of Lean. How do you make training fun and effective? We'd love to hear from you. Email Betsy at LawsonBetsy at gmail.com or find her on LinkedIn and start a conversation. Find me at LeanForHumans.com or on LinkedIn or comment wherever you watch or listen. And tell a friend about the edges of lean. Please join me in exploring more of the edges of lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelberg with support from Podcast Inc. This is a Lean for Humans production.